What? Oh no. What? Is it Galactus? What? It's Galactus. <laughs> you got one on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this car is savage. Oh my god. Welcome back to New Rockstars, Rick and Morty Season 5, Episode 5, a Mortyken Grickbeaty paired Hellraiser Pleasure Pain logic with American Graffiti and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, revealing that Rick's car has a personality all her own, far beyond keeping Summer safe, including Galactus hunting. <laughs> How many Galactuses has she killed and why is she killing? Is there a deeper reason she's hunting these deities? One that might make us say, what, what the, the uh, this is Rick Explained, our Rick and Morty after show where your cringes that are over analysis feel so good to us. Yes. Keep cringing. Ooh, your angry I'm... comments make us feel so good, which makes us feel bad. I've heard what makes you cheer. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of all the details you missed is coming tomorrow, but here I'm with a co-host who totally cuts the chut, Tommy Bechtold. Hey, yeah, we're back. Uh... I'll be honest, I didn't do as much this episode, so that was right. something. Yeah, step in the right direction for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're about halfway through the season. We are halfway through this season now. So at the end of the episode, Tommy and I will kind of go into our general state of the season thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, but for right now, before we dive into what this whole Galactus killing really means for the universe... Tommy, break down what exactly happened this episode. Absolutely. I hope you are a fan of 80s movies, because if you are not, you may also be asking yourself WTF about this episode. Uh -huh. Rick has to suffer through a karaoke night with Jerry to pay a debt to <laughs> Hellraiser Cenobites who get off on Rick's suffering by turning purple or whatever color that was. And <laughs> yeah. just mo uh... Oh my God, there was so much weird. Oh, it's so good. Jerry realizes he's the butt of the joke and stops playing along, so the Cenobites drag him to hell. Really just to lure Rick into a trap to torture Rick with Jerry. Meanwhile, in order to win the new guy, Bruce Chut back, <laughs> Morty and Summer <laughs> take <love> him... <laughs> Joy riding in Rick's car, who argues with them in the keep summer safe voice. The car That's takes right. over the night and hunts a Galactus and then flirts with the change formers. <laughs> they get <laughs> grossed out at her just being a car. Oh, she, what, what do they call her? She's a non-changer? <laughs> She's a non-changer. Throws up all over her. Oh dome. my God, throws up the oil. So good. Yeah. <laughs> they get grossed out at her just being car, so she massacres them in Space Tahoe. They get arrested, and the car tries to pin it all on Bruce, which I thought was a great plan. Yeah. But yeah. ends up blowing up the jail. <laughs> yeah. Beth and Rick break Jerry free from hell by weaponizing the Cenobites' pleasure pain against them. Bruce Chepek ditches Morty and Summer, but then at school gets made fun of for wearing the same pair of pants two days in a row, which, by the way, if that was a rule... I would have been the least popular kid in school because I wore those jeans for yeah. months, baby. <laughs> Which, like, you have to know everyone who's writing the show is aware of that. Like, yeah. it's such a stupid thing to get made fun yeah. of for. But if someone does notice it, you don't really have yeah. a defense. It's Absolutely. like, well, I don't want to wash jeans every night. Yeah, washing denim every day. What are we, aristocrats? Not in this economy. Yeah. But I'm wearing a different shirt with it. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I wear I wear a different color of the same shirt from Kohl's, and that makes me cool. Don't you know the top half of our bodies sweat more than the lower half of our bodies? It's just science. Not me. Not thanks to Blue Chew and Manscaped. Uh, <laughs> all right, two sponsors that I don't know if they're doing this episode. All right, and then... 
finally, ten things off. He gets jumped by the mailbox. <laughs> yep, they got their revenge. Yes, I love it. Yeah, a lot to dig into this episode. Like the secret life of Rick's car. I never thought this voice would return in such a, a plot driving capacity. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk more about what it means that she killed a Galactus. But first, if you want to help us make more great content at New Rock Stars, like Rick explained, one of the best ways that you can support us is to check out our merch at NewRockStarsMerch.com. We got some brand new Black Widow inspired designs in the shop, including our latest obsession, the Red Deep design, and some fun Russian nesting doll designs. Support this channel, get yourself some cool swag by going to NewRockStarsMerch.com. All right, Tommy, what's our big question? Eric, why does Rick's car kill Galactuses? Because <laughs> it's awesome. Because yes. if you can, why wouldn't you? Yes, right? absolutely. Good night, everybody. Bye. That's all we have to with it. Uh, so when Rick's car takes over the joyride, uh, she goes fishing for a giant space deity that's clearly mm. modeled on Galactus, yes. the devourer of worlds from Marvel Comics, by luring him, it looks like with the solar system to yes. eat, although based off of the proportions of the car to the solar system, it must be a real small one. Yeah. Uh, and Galactus is actually smaller here than he would be in uh, in marvel lore he's huge but after killing him she does this like measuring him like a sport fish yeah it says it's too small throw him back yes but implying that she has hunted other larger galactuses before mm. and she says rick never lets me do this which uh. to me was the fascinating line like rick knows better than to go after galactuses for some reason like he has some kind of like line of demarcation when it comes to Galactuses that he doesn't want to cross. <laughs> or and or he just has a like, very specific specific Galactus hunting license or Galactus fishing right. license. And he doesn't want to pay a fine to whatever the International Fishing right, Wildlife right, right. Foundation is or Interdimensional <laughs> there, Fishing You have wildlife. to only have certain seasons where you can That's hunt right. Galactuses. And you, can catch, you can catch yeah. a 85,000 foot Galactus between May and July. But outside of that, they have to be 100,000 feet. That's what the rule right. is, I think. Uh-huh. It's like a population control, right? Which right. is two layers of population control. They control population by devouring uh, dying worlds. Right. And just kind of like, uh, kind of being the custodian of the universe. Yeah. So you got to be a proper custodian to them, you know? Mm -hmm. You know what? I, it doesn't sound so bad when you say it like that. <laughs> uh, I also like how there is kind of a fun parallel where, where Rick's uh, Cenobite form is like another sport fish, a marlin, that's yes. pierced through his torso. Like... I don't know if there's some kind of connection there. Oh but um, we know that Rick's car, of course, was deadly all the way back in season two. The Rick's Must Be Crazy episode, Keep Summer Safe, where, you know, it was just murdering people. It, it, the worst thing it did, I think, was psychotically resurrect the false version of that cop's son who had oh, died yeah. and then melts in his arms and oh screams. Oh, uh, It was horrific. <laughs> um, but it ended up brokering a peace between humanity and the telepathic spiders. Um, but this car is genius and you could argue that it has the same intelligence that rick's had rick just programmed it with an ai but i think it's just creepy this whole time for all the things that have happened in this car the car has witnessed it the car has seen it the car can talk the car kind of has its own personality its own soul one could argue mm. uh so where does that come from and why is it not always uh complaining i assume rick has it in its programming but uh, I would say that based off of the fact that this car is killing a Galactus means that it is even more bloodthirsty than mm. Rick is. Uh, because Rick had a reason not to do it. The car has a reason to do it. Um, and let's also not forget that for everything horrible Rick has done with this car, the car has enabled him to do it. Like mm. last season where they kind of became terrorists and bombed the hell out of that Glorzo world with the facehuggers. Mm. 
Yes. Like, that was a huge step. It, it evaded the towers. It, it avoided a 9-11 reference, but then did a Pearl Harbor reference because that was okay. That's right. So, oh, my God. <laughs> we, <laughs> messed up. That's so uh, crazy. But I think, to me, one thing that's easy to forget about this car is that it is powered by the Microburst battery, mm. which... I argue, might give it its own Promethean God complex. Oh, right. Because, yeah, I think forever keeping the lights on in this car is actually Stephen Colbert's character, the uh, the Zeep Zamflor right. is the guy's name. And that episode ended with him just, like, on one of these treadmills, eternally bitter toward his god, Rick. Right. So you have this kind of, like, layer upon layer of Promethean hatred. Uh, and my theory is that that is the source of the car's unique deity bloodthirst mm. and that we of course we know rick himself loves killing gods this isn't that different like we saw him kill a zeus last season episode right. two one of its decoys talked about wanting to kill the christian god this isn't <laughs> anything new but the fact that the car is okay with killing galactuses and the fact that you know terrifyingly more than one exists in this universe right just tells me that this particular action doesn't come from rick's programming i think it comes from this car's ghost in the machine and that could be a soul that is kind of derived from the microverse battery sentiment. I mean, that would be uh, terrifying for the future of uh, of this season and with and future seasons of the show. If this car is just kind of if it, if it's beyond Rick's control, because that's kind of like the basis for like I guess the control of the entire show is that Rick has invented all of this tech. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of obey his commands. And when it goes out of control, he generally has like a destroy mm -hmm. sequence or self-destruct sequence built in. So if this is a rogue Rick invention, we uh we we might be in some real trouble. Or the, the Rick and Morty universe might be in some real trouble. Yeah, agreed. Um now I think you saw that episode seven was like accidentally released uh early. Did I, did you have a chance to watch it yet? I did not. Okay. I have watched it. I'm not uh, going to talk about it until that week comes up. So uh, I know a lot of you guys keep tweeting me. Don't worry. I've seen it. I know what happens in the episode. It, if you haven't seen it, it, there's a lot to look forward to mm. coming up. But surprisingly, there are continuity things that I thought would never come back on the show that do come back that episode. Well, And almost kind of a, a cosmic um, in a cosmic setting, mm. which make me think like, in upcoming episodes like The Vindicators, which is going to happen this season, things like Killed Galactuses might not be a one-and-done joke. That's something that could set up the plot of The Vindicators episode. Yeah, I, I think that there's a been... I mean, we're going to talk about the season more. There's there's a lot of loose threads right now. And, and yeah. I know this show's not obligated to pull on those threads ever, but it feels like... The way thing. I'm so sorry. My phone is going absolutely crazy. I have it on silent. There, there feels like I know the show's not beholden to pawn threads, but it feels like this year specifically they're setting up a lot of really cool things to return to, or very disturbing things to yeah. return to in uh, regards to incest babies, giant incest babies in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I also think things that are sort of Marvel related that mm -hmm. does tend to come back a lot, I think, because of the show's connection with the writing staff of these Marvel shows. Like, they mm -hmm. came from Rick and Morty uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. And I think uh, Dan Harmon and company are leaning into that uh, that parallel. So I think they enjoy kind of making light or making fun of or just abruptly killing off elements that evoke the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know Galactus isn't in there yet, but right. probably will be soon. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what effects killing uh, or hunting Galactuses could have. I think we're always surprised by the scale of Rick's power and the mm -hmm. and the power of Rick's tech. Mm -hmm. Like 
when he fought the Zeus, I was like, holy crap, there is no limit to his power. Yeah, right? for sure. He is essentially a god. Right. Um, but the fact that they are now bringing in actual forms of these things, whether they're from religion or from the uh or from comics lore mm. is just fascinating to see who else they're going to bring in there i mean you could argue the fact that they have fought things like scary terry you mm. know and they're fighting these cenobites now that right. like they're not afraid of fighting um demonic entities no not at all in fact they almost embrace it all right well we want to talk more about this episode but first some people helped us make this episode our friends at blue chew have a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost blue chew is an online prescription service so no doctor's office or pharmacy trips it ships right to your door in a discreet package you sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you receive your prescription within days their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength and if you hate swallowing pills good news blue chew is chewable just like it says in the name so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we've got a special deal for our audience try blue chew free when you use our promo code rickexplained at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluechew.com promo code rickexplained to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank blue chew for sponsoring this episode uh this show is also sponsored by better help is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals we've all been there at some point better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist start communicating in under 48 hours it's not a crisis line or self-help it is professional counseling done securely online there's a broad range of expertise available for clients worldwide log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor uh, you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room or look for parking BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ricksplained. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Ricksplained audience. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Ricksplained. And thanks to Helix for sponsoring the show. Whether your day job is being a master of the mystic arts, a billionaire playboy philanthropist, or an accountant, at the end of the day, you want to sleep in a bed designed to fit your specific needs. Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep references to the ideal mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the quiz and got matched with a Dusk Luxe Helix mattress, a medium firm beauty with lumbar support that sleeps cool. I've been slumbering like a boss since I got it. Like a boss. <laughs> the mattress ships right to your door for free. You never need to go to a mattress store again. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash ricksplained. That's helixsleep.com slash ricksplained. All right, Tommy, uh, back yes. to the episode here. Let's read too much into Rick's journey into hell with the Cenobites. Mm -hmm. Is Rick having to suffer through Jerry's cringiness a uh, hell of his own making? Because they say it, the cringe would not exist unless it's observed. Mm -hmm. But are we also to believe, based off of the Cenobites' logic, that Rick might take pleasure, a kind of pleasure from this pain of Jerry? I, I think that we get a little crack into Rick's shell you know it, when he's down in hell talking to to uh to jerry that it was i mean it was rick's idea to pay this debt with jerry right was it i mean wasn't that what right. it was explained so it's like i mean he rick surely could have thought of another way 
to set like he could have designed a, a monitor that just played cringy you know viral videos at these at these uh hell beings but i think rick also yeah. pointed out that like this in this episode the writers of this episode rather do a great job pointing out that like hellraiser is really silly it's a really yeah. really silly no offense to giant hellraiser fans it's a really silly premise for a horror movie that succeeds because Pinhead is so terrifying looking. Like to to, uh-huh. to younger people, you're like, this uh-huh. is a terrifying looking, you know, villain or whatever. But like, I think I think that Rick is. I think he does kind of secretly maybe take a little bit of joy out of Jerry's corniness. You know, like it does maybe on some level. Looking at cringy stuff, there's a reason why people do it. There's a reason why they go viral and the reason why we share it. It's like we all cringe and it's kind of like a jump scare. It's like there's a feeling that comes out of it and then the feeling afterwards that maybe is pleasurable to people. I never kink shame, but my personal kink is uh, (laughs) Apple commercials that make me cry when fathers and sons are reunited. So what do I know? Yeah, I like when it comes to like cringe humor, there's like kind of a almost like a sine wave to it, you know, like, as a kid, you uh, start to like you start by loving it when your dad makes these jokes, but then you reach like teenage years and you start to like hate it. Yeah. But then like at some point, at some point, you start to become like aware of it and you start to own it yourself and lean into it. So it goes back up again. Yeah. But then you like. You know, you have your first really awful breakup and nothing makes you laugh and only right. like really dark f***ed up stuff makes you laugh. So then mm-hmm. you hate cringe humor again mm-hmm. uh, and you start to like go with like Rick's nihilism. And then at some point you just reach a state of nirvana and bliss towards all things and any <laughs> uh, evidence of like happiness uh, mm. you appreciate. And I think maybe that's if you start having kids and then you experience joy vicariously through them. So yes. you start to love and you are now the one making the dad jokes. <laughs> Uh, I think we need And this then graphic. you reach a point of yeah, I think so. Then you reach old age where like um you lose your job and you don't have health insurance or yeah. like your kids hate you because of your yeah. political beliefs or something like that. <laughs> so then you hate everything that's funny and you don't get anything and you're on Twitter responding yeah. to everything sincerely and yeah. then you just have dementia. Yeah, then you then you're diagnosed with something terminally awful. But the only the only thing that you think is funny is like Jesse Waters on Fox News. You're like that guy <laughs> freaking crushes people. Uh, that's gonna anger even that's gonna anger some people. I'm sorry sorry to our oh. Jesse Waters, our huge following of Jesse Waters fans out there. But that I mean, is... there's only one, and I don't think Jesse watches this show. That's right. So. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Watts if you're watching. All right, sorry, ne- our next question. Uh, when Morty turns on interdimensional cable, there's a commercial for Story Train on. Does that That's mean right. that episode was not canon? Yeah, we we're ta- we talked about this last season. That was episode six of season four, mm-hmm. um, where that truly felt like one episode that might be removed from the main continuity. Mm. Uh, just because that was kind of the theme of the episode of what right. is canonicity in right. Rick and Morty. Uh, and if it is not canon, does it have uh, stakes to the fate of the characters and their, you know, and their journeys? Um, I think that is kind of the implication of this, that a story train is a toy that you can buy from a commercial and interdimensional cable mm-hmm. that but at the end of that episode, that was kind of like uh, Morty and Rick doing kind of the Lego movie thing yeah. of like putting their imaginations in this story train and kind of mm. imagining what they were doing as they were playing with it. Right. But I don't think that makes the emotional stakes any uh, lesser. No. Uh, because, like, as long as it 
captivates you and connects with you while you're on the train, mm-hmm. so to speak, while you're watching a show, right? then if it transports you in that moment, if it transports you even for a second, it's done its job. Agreed. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I think some people say filler or throwaway episodes when that happens. I don't know. If I can, like, forget about my life for a second and and be surprised by where the story goes for yeah. a second, I, I think that's um, that's enough for me. Right? Yeah, I, I think we've got to, as viewers, link to embrace the, like you say, throwaway episodes or filler episodes. Like, to the creative team, there's meaning behind it, and it's a kind of up to us. Like, we can choose to be cynical about it and be like, ah, they just needed to get another episode in. Or we can enjoy what's in front of us and feel something, like you said. And to me, choosing option B is always going to be more fulfilling, like, rather than just being like, you know, well, this didn't matter, so I don't care about it. Like, you know, we can still care about the characters and what happens, and we can still care about, you know, how it makes us feel and if it makes us laugh or makes us think. So there's value in those episodes. And that's, you know, uh, you see this a lot with Rick and Morty, but it's with every fan base, really. Mm -hmm. People say like, well, it didn't do enough to win me over. I don't know. I think the way we watch these shows uh, in these movies, it is a choice to frame our expectations a certain way. When we sit down for these things, it is our choice what our attitude is going into it. Uh, Are we, are we going to allow ourselves to be entertained and impressed? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to cross our arms and say, impress me? Like you don't, that's not on the show. That's on you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's your attitude. Your approach to the world is totally in your control. Uh, And the world isn't going to come to you and win you over. You have to be open to it. You got to be vulnerable and you got to be ready to, uh, to enjoy something. You have to allow yourself to appreciate. Exactly. So put on your parents' old records. Give the kinks yeah. a try. Give give the the moody blues a try. You know? Stop being so <laughs> cynical. Whenever I think of Moody Blues, I think of that Simpsons episode where Homer and Flanders go to Vegas and Absolutely. then the Moody Blues Absolutely. Uh, I got fatty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say arguably the character who gets punished the most this episode is Bruce Chutback, who I think mm. that was Darren Chris who voiced him. Yes. Um and it was specifically for the way he bailed on Morty and Summer, but mm. this was after they refused to bail on him. They were going to put it all on him in that jail, and they're yes. like, "No, Bruce, like you just." Yeah. <laughs> they have some light on him being slack jawed just mm-hmm. enough, and it's not his fault, you know. Right. So they have been through so much; they know not to punish the innocence of the world for just being innocent and stupid. Right. But then at the end, he screws him over. Right. So I think it's right to see him get mocked so much yes. for the mailbox he is to get him. But I, I wonder thematically what this tells us. Is the show saying that the greatest crime one could commit is betraying those who stuck out their neck for you? I don't think so, because if that was the yeah. case, then Rick would be dead. <laughs> but, yeah. because, but well, I would I say think, Rick suffers, though. Rick you know, suffers you're quite right. a bit. You know, you're right. He does pay. He does. Rick does suffer massive consequences. He just drinks them away so that they don't they don't haunt him but i think this was more of just like the rule of always sunny in philadelphia which is if you don't screw someone over inevitably by the end of the episode they have to screw you over as a lesson to learn Mm. that you need to always look out for number one like that's just like yeah that's like the the prime directive of that show and i feel like this episode just followed those rules Right. Yeah. I one thing that like was kind of a a depressing takeaway from this episode is that just by being yourself, that's not enough. The world's still gonna torture you for being yourself. And like it's not enough to expect the world not to torture you for being yourself. You just have to like 
get over it and move exactly. past it. Like whether it's Jerry's <laughs> yeah. cringe humor, he can't right. control it. It's his essence. Or the fact that Bruce Chetback wears the same pair of pants to school. So that we all did. Yeah. And like, it's one of it. I think that was kind of a placeholder mm. for all of us going through high school. High school is right. terrible. And whether right. it was wearing two pairs of pants the same day in the row or yeah. like your shoes not being right or something like that, right. they're going to find something. Uh, the monsters of high school will punish you. Yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, so it's kind of a hell on earth takeaway. That is there right. The end, but <laughs> it's, it's true. It's very true. And then uh, mailboxes from another planet will come kick your ass. Well, which who hasn't that happened to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Tommy, we're halfway through season five already. It's kind of moved yeah. pretty fast. Um, but luckily, unlike last season, we don't have to like take a months long break now. We're going to yeah. keep moving on to episode six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your general thoughts on this season compared to you last know, season? You uh, know, there have, I mean, it's been all over the place. You know, <laughs> obviously, we had one of the most disgusting episodes, although, something really fascinating over the last week has been the feedback I've gotten from friends of mine that are Rick and Morty fans. The older people that I know that are fans, like people in their late 30s, 40s, loved that episode and thought it was really funny and were not disgusted mm -hmm. by it. Everyone under that age was was like, this was too disgusting. I it yeah. crossed the line that I couldn't really like pay as much attention to the episode as I normally would or take as much enjoyment out of it. So that was really interesting to me because I, I kind of am yeah. right in the middle of that. And I was kind of like... I was grossed out by it. Maybe not as much as others. Like, you know, in the moment I was, as I looked, thought about it more, I'm like, oh, I mean, there was a lot of disgusting things, but it's like, it's Rick and Morty. Like, half of the aliens are shaped like buttholes. You know what I mean? Like, what are we, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're kind of being selective about what grosses us out. Overall, for the season, though, uh, I think that what they've done is put so many good potential things out there with already fulfilling episodes. First episode with Mr. Nimbus. I want more of Mr. Nimbus. I want more of that story. But that was a great episode. Planetina episode, same thing. I want her to come back. In the Vindicators episode, I hope that she, she returns for that. So there's there's a lot of things I want to see more. But I'm already very satisfied with what those characters and what those stories have given us. So I would say they're doing a great job. But I'm very excited to see what the second half has. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I've enjoyed this season. Um, you know, I... All the jokes on this show are really great. Yeah. Uh, I think there's been a few times where the either the B plot or in some cases even the A plot didn't have the the typical Rick and Morty story structure curvature mm -hmm. that like maybe it's just nostalgia being seen through rose tinted glasses, you know. And I'm yeah. just remembering only the best stuff from seasons one, two, and three. Sure. Um, but uh, every season has had some episodes that are just like a goofy concept explored for 22 mm -hmm. minutes and then we're done. And then we get right. out of it and we don't go back to it, uh, <laughs> which I was okay with. Like, I'm someone who discovered Rick and Morty, like, in 2014 or 2015. Mm -hmm. And I was able to binge all of it on Adult right. Swim. Yep, you know, same. so I was spoiled by those seasons. And then that mm -hmm. kind of primed my view of the series. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ever have, like, a whole week where I was like man, I just had a not as great episode of Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. To me, I just saw it as a whole. So I'm right. trying to just see the series as a whole still yeah. uh, and, and not be too, you know, have too high of expectations for it. Um, but what I am waiting for this season is something like what we saw with the Vat of Acid episode last mm, season. Yes. Where it's it started, it's just kind of a dumb kind of like trope that someone in the writer's room probably noticed. Like, why do all these things have vats? Why does uh, Tim Burton's Batman have these open vats of acid that right, people fall right. into? Um, and not just Tim Burns Batman, the typical Joker origin story. Yeah, of course. But yeah. um, 
it, it evolved into something so profound and heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. I love when Rick and Morty does that. Like Planetina yeah. episode did that, yeah. I felt. Uh, I Absolutely. would even say like the the Narnia Dimension episode. Like the, so much story was packed. But what did we say? 14 generations of story. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it was remarkable. That it was plot. great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I love when they can do that, where it's not just starts with like kind of a goofy thing and they explore it at the surface level, but it uh, evolves into something different. And yeah. they started to get there this episode with like when Rick started to really do the math on the pleasure equals pain uh, mm-hmm. inversion device. And these as they're getting hit with the laser, they're kind of confused with what their emotion is. But uh, it I it did lose me for a little bit, but not in the way of like me being towed behind the, the car as it's going off in a fun, right. crazy place. So it was more like me chasing after the car being like, wait, 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 what, what are we doing yeah. now? Like, sure, sure. I get that. <laughs> uh, so I felt that a few times this season, mm. but uh, I still really love the show. And every episode does something that surprises me in a really fun way. You know? Absolutely. I'll say this, uh, having seen episode seven, it's great. It's yeah. one of the best of the season compared <laughs> right. to the other All right, then we'll keep watching. Fine. I'll, I it's, guess it's twist my so arm. I'll be back. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to. And I appreciate everyone who's been sticking with us. It, mm-hmm. Like, Rick and Morty is such a fun show. We It's hard for us to cover stuff that's not Marvel here because it is a huge risk to cover smaller audience properties mm-hmm. because we have, like, employees that, like, this is their jobs, not, like, hobbies where I can just cover you know, a season of dark on Netflix, which right. is what I would want to do. Break right. Right. You know, even something that like HBO's Watchmen, which right. I love, I can't always right. cover it. So Rick and Morty is just one that like, we're able to cover. There's enough people who really love it. And uh, it fits our brand of like clue hunting and Easter egg hunting and theorizing in the right ways. Well, I just want to go back real quick. There are people that get paid to do this because I've been getting just little Snickers bars sent in the mail to me. So is there, you get Snickers bars. Yeah. See, I'm working off a of debt. Um, oh. some horrible thing <laughs> that I did, and I can't describe it, but... Uh, Wait, is that why you take me partying with those demons every week? Oh, man. Am I Jerry uh, in this situation? Uh, see, I thought I was the Jerry in this, but <laughs> no. I assume I'm the Jerry at every party I go to. <laughs> well, uh, that is it for this episode of Rick Explained. My Easter egg breakdown of all the little details you missed will be coming out tomorrow. Tommy and I will be back next week to react to episode six. So be sure to follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Rick Explained wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we'll close with our favorite moment of the episode. Isn't a doorknob a virgin? Not mine. Never f*** a doorknob. Thank you.